for you. An artist, a challenge, a bullshit, a wisdom and a surprise. Tune in and feel the magic of five. Hello everyone, this is Marta. And this is Anna. And this is You've Got Five Options show. Yes. Hello, guys. I, I'm, I'm laughing because Marta was having very like a reflective face, like she's thinking about the wisdoms of the universe. And uh, and I was just wondering if she will manage to like chip in straight away into our radio program. And here we are. You did it. Yes, I was reflecting on that. It's first times, first time in six weeks that we have abandoned our five kids, uh, two partners and a cat. And a cat, yes. We don't forget the cat. Exactly, guys, we are back in a studio. So for all of you who have listened to our programs when we were recording from our bedrooms via Zoom, we have good news. This time we will provide better audio quality. And we will also have Dennis, which we missed dearly. Hello. Hello, Dennis. And just to reassure you, we are about two meters away from Dennis, so we shall not put him in danger. No. Exactly. Uh, are we two meters from each other, Marta? We are a meter from each other. Yes. We can well, move away a little. I don't know if the virus in the end is jumping one meter or not. What was the case? I don't know. I've heard all. I've heard it. It's it's also you know like it's like a ninja virus. You know it's in the bushes. I r lately I have seen an article that it can also uh, live on your feet. So uh, you never know. So don't know? touch me with your feet, okay? I won't touch you with my <laughs> nasty little dirty feet. Oh my God, why did I even say that? See, this is what lockdown is doing to people. So you didn't take the opportunity of going to the radio to take a shower, to take a monthly shower? <laughs> well, I would like not to comment on that, but um, I actually washed myself. You do look washed, so... Thank you. That's why I was trying. I even put the makeup on. Yes, that's a ho hello, hello makeup. That's uh, unusual. <laughs> yes, although I was putting makeup on for Zoom meetings that were uh, supposed to resemble a bar meeting with a friend. So I actually put makeup maybe like two, three times. Well, I have put my bar high. I'm only doing makeup if I'm appearing on TV. Okay. Which means it's a second time in <laughs> six weeks when well, I put... You look, you look as beautiful as always, so don't worry. Mm. Yes. Well, it doesn't mean that the makeup doesn't help you. It uh, enhances a certain... I will stop now. That's all right. That's yes. all right. I, I just want to ask, Dennis, are you wearing makeup? Always. Oh, always? Even in, in the lockdown? Yeah, sure, sure. See? Maybe we should actually, you know... Look at Dennis carefully and um, take some examples from him because he probably feels festive and normal every day. Yes, he's saying yes. He's nodding yes. Okay. But uh, I think we will start. Marta, what are we going to do today? Are we going to discuss something that is not related to the coronavirus? Well, we don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> we don't think so. I, we don't think that anything else exists mm. than anything that is co uh, related to corona tiger king not in my world not in your world but that is i uh, uh, on my facebook feed and maybe that says something about my friends or 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 in general the situation the two things i see is coronavirus and i would say 85 to 90 percent and then it's the tiger king have you seen tiger king on netflix no oh uh, you should see it Everybody says that, and 
Every time somebody says that, it makes me want to see it less. I know. I know exactly how it works. That's why I haven't seen Game of Thrones first three years as it was running because I was so fed up with people telling me you have to see Game of Thrones. So I was just like resisting as much as I could. Uh, but Tiger King is... Uh, I, I saw it before it was cool to see Tiger King. So when it came out, I was like, wow, something about tigers. And uh, I entered the world as bizarre as our current days it's it's really interesting to watch yeah well i am one of these people that uh, have used uh, the time during the quarantine uh, not to watch <laughs> <laughs> i'm probably very exceptional in that i do, i think many people have been using tv mm -hmm. if you are one of those people like me who have almost not seen anything i have seen one movie okay in uh, these times and i have once a week watched uh, glee together with my kid when I'm arranging laundry. So mm. that's once a week, sit down for a few hours to arrange laundry while watching something. I don't know what scares me more, the fact that you watched Glee or the fact that you are spending hours on arranging <laughs> laundry. Yeah, it takes time when you have yeah. five people living together. It takes time. Yeah, but my daughter also watches Glee, so I, I guess it's something cool. It's 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 interesting. It's interesting. It's <laughs> there interesting. are some evil characters okay. in there as well. Well, like as it is in the normal life. But guys, today we are actually trying to feel your sorrow and questions and challenges you might be having in the current times of this pandemic. So today's program will be about five challenges that we believe the common folks like us have in times of coronavirus, virus, pandemic, crisis, lockdown, quarantine. I don't even know how to call it anymore situation situation so we will be talking about five different things that we see that are causing some sort of a, a challenges for people and we will try to do our best with giving you a couple of information or maybe an advice and if you are interested in any of those topics because there will be five Um, then just text us, send us a message, and maybe we will make a special show about exactly that. And you can text us exactly like Leah, who sent us a message, and we have not seen it until recently. After one of our shows, Marta, it was after the conspiracy theories uh, about coronavirus. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. I think we have talked quite a lot about China in that uh, in that episode right and we got a message from a listener uh, we unfortunately don't have an email so we cannot inform her that yes we have read it and now we will read it online here online well actually if you are listening to us online then it's online and if not then it's fm okay so the message goes and guys i'm curious what will you think about it I feel like when it's about China, people always tend to believe it and lose most basic judgment. For example, the so-called social credit system, like it's just absurd. And the coronavirus at the moment, some people think it's some virus invented by a lab and now they are just testing it on real people and some think it's, uh, and some think it's because all Chinese eat wild animals. And if I, as a Chinese, want to say something about it, they will just be like, you're probably brainwashed. Haha, <laughs> thanks. By the way, I am not fan of PRC, which is People Republic of China. It's totally fine to criticize them about something that is real. I do that very often too. I am just so fed up by people, especially media, making up facts in a quotation marks just to demonize China. So we actually got a message from a listener that is Chinese, and I'm wondering if it has something to do with our interesting jump in Chinese listeners that we were wondering if it's possible or not possible. Remember, it was a couple of shows ago. So, Leah, thank you very much for the message, first of all. And uh, second of all, I would like to say that everything we said on a show about coronavirus conspiracy back in March was uh, just some theories and more like a commentary on a, on a situation. But I do have to agree with you that China, especially in Western media, is demonized. 
Um, and I think um, it's nothing new. And I think we all know it. We do tend to say, yeah, China, communism, and what the hell are they doing there? But I am very much aware that this is a side of a story that the Western media are showing to us. So uh, I agree that you might feel frustrated. And I also believe that uh, as much as we, we, some people here would tend to point fingers at China, in the same time China is pointing fingers at US, for instance. And that's not a conspiracy theory, it's an actual uh, fact that there are Chinese officials uh, which are quite high up, like foreign minister, who are saying that it's US who brought the coronavirus to China. Uh, so, uh, and who should we believe? Or should we believe in any of this? And of course, you know, in, in Western media, this is shown as look what Chinese are doing. They are trying to, uh, you know, put attention on something else and blame it on US and so on. But I guess it, it depends on what you believe in, because who can check those facts? Or, well, fact is that the guy is bluntly basically accusing the US government but you know who can say what's the truth and what is not as we all know the truth is relevant right Marta yeah and also wanted to make a comment around being brainwashed I have a sad reflection these days that I believe everyone or close to everyone or vast majority of people are brainwashed it just depends what direction you're brainwashed toward and that's a, that's a reflection that I have because I really do believe that each and every country has some form of propaganda. And I believe that each and every uh, person is exposed to some form of brainwashing. And we just, when we are under brainwashing that we strongly agree with, we think it's the reality and the truth and the facts. And the other one we then tend to evaluate as the wrong one. Yeah, and uh, that's that totally true. Yeah. So I am coming to these reflections very much recently. And that's something that is still upsetting my peace. It's extremely difficult to know what is a fact. It's extremely difficult to know what is reality and what is truth. I find it more difficult than ever right now to be able to discern, find out with certainty what's true, what's fact, what's propaganda, what's, you know, brainwashing, what's, I don't know. So, yeah, that's my comment to it. Yeah, so, Leah, as you can see, uh, we are appreciating your comment and we are aware of it. Um, so I, I do have to say that... Uh, that I, I know nothing. I am basically like, who was the guy uh, who said, uh, I know that I don't know or something in this, uh, in this lines? Was it Socrates? Jesus Christ, you know, I should. Educate. I don't think it was Jesus Christ. No, it wasn't <laughs> Jesus. Then is who was that Socrates? No, it wasn't. I can't remember. <clears throat> All I know is that I don't know and I don't even know who was the author, original author of this quote. However, you know how it is. We will never know. So, yeah, I appreciate that there is a lot of propaganda on uh, on both sides or three sides, four sides, all sides of the world. So Socrates, I, I know that I know nothing. Oh, my God. Thank God. Whew, I saved myself here, although my uh, doubts, I have to say, are uh, now publicly issued in ether or air yeah well but uh, we appreciate that and we know that and uh, i take all the information with a grain of salt and we definitely never want to in any way condemn or criticize anything as a whole as a nation or as mm -hmm. a society or something because there are always exceptions from everything. And even if you are a part of some sort of community, society, country or whatever, uh, it doesn't mean that we are all the same and that we all share the same. Totally, totally. Chain of thought. So, so uh, Leah, thank you for the message. Guys, if you feel like sending us any other messages regarding anything you hear on this show, don't afraid to use your computer. As far as we know... 
There might be viruses there, but not necessarily the corona. So, yeah, you are free to text us or to, to send us a message. Marta, so should we go to our challenge of the week and the next week? Yes, let's do that. Let's hit it. A very challenging challenge of the week. So as I mentioned, we will be discussing today uh, five different challenges. Marta, should we first present them to people so they know if they should drop this uh, uh, this uh, episode or like wait for another one or just stop listening? I think we should mention the five of them and also to mention that uh, we will not do all five in one chapter. It's planned already. Yes, we will use two episodes to discuss those five challenges and definitely we should mention them. Okay, so the first challenge that we have noticed many people especially or only those who have children have is should I send my child to school or not? And that is a very um, Denmark specific challenge because if you have um, looked at the news, Denmark is slowly opening up and one of the stages to the open up is to open kindergartens and uh, first five classes of the primary school. So there is a lot of parents who are hesitant and are wondering if they should send the child to the school or not. But this will be a challenge that many people will have in the future, in exactly. a month, two, three, four, whenever that is that the country is opening, that challenge will be very valid for many people around the world. Absolutely. So let's just say that we are pioneers here. Uh, the second challenge is how to protest when you cannot assemble or gather because there are also many agendas being pushed right now that have nothing to do with coronavirus. But because we are locked in our houses, I think uh, recently I read 3 billion people are currently locked in their houses. You cannot assemble, you cannot gather, so you cannot organize a protest. Another question that is uh, apparently quite heated up, but very important to ask uh, to vaccinate or not to vaccinate, because we know that the main strategy of World Health Organization is to uh, wait for the vaccine uh, so then we can go back to normal. Uh, the fourth challenge we will discuss is how to save your business in the new normal, because we know that many entrepreneurs, especially the solo entrepreneurs, are struggling now with their businesses. And the fifth one is how to go off the grid. So basically, if it will come to the worst uh, visions of some of the people who are claiming that this might be um, the, the attempt to take off all of our liberties, how to get out of a system where you have to comply to all the rules that you may not necessarily agree with. We will also mention something about that. How do you like the menu today, Dennis? Exciting. Exciting? Yep. I, I'm not sure if Dennis is excited. He's having a very poker face, like a <laughs> Gandalf poker face. So, uh, thinking. What, what is the challenge that interests you the most? Mm, the school and the vaccines. Huh? That is uh, something that is quite dominating my Facebook feed. So maybe you are looking at my Facebook or we share the same. I do that every morning. Every morning. Yeah. Fantastic. Or not. We don't know yet. Well, but let's start with the very first challenge. Should I send my child to school or not? And Marta, you are actually someone who is faced with this challenge personally, because I am a mother of two daughters. One is 14, almost 14 years old. The other one is 10 months today, by the way. Happy birthday, Gabriela. And uh, this doesn't concern me because one is too small because she's not going to any kindergarten or Dow play yet. And the other one is on the lockdown still. Uh, you actually have children in that in that area and probably you were 
looking at some of the reactions and facts and everything that is going on because this decision by the government to open up uh, kindergartens and school for the youngest ones after Easter is quite um, divisive. Okay, so the first thing that I want to say before I say my personal opinion is that I deeply and profoundly respect everyone's decision to whether send or keep their children at home. Mm -hmm. I really like uh, the approach from the Danish government that has allowed for people to keep their children if they want to do that. Because the first signs were like, to school you have to send your children because otherwise you can be taken away. There are some support money going out to families with children here in Denmark. That was lifted and it is allowed to okay. keep. Can you explain? Because I didn't uh, know about this. Yeah, it's uh, it, there was a statement from the Minister of Education that mm -hmm. you can keep your child at home. Okay, yeah. okay. even so if it's school, yes? Yes. Okay. So... Um, that's at least my understanding. That, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a post I have seen in Danish. and You read Danish. I fluently. read Danish. That's my understanding right mm -hmm. now. So if my understanding is wrong, I do apologize. My understanding right now is that people are allowed to keep their children at home. So I wanted to say that uh, I deeply respect everyone's decision. And I really appreciate the fact that uh, that we can do it here, mm -hmm. that we can choose uh, this for ourselves. There are several factors which are taken under consideration. And I have seen a lot of discussion online and a lot of people were scared. And I can understand why this fear came out. Our children is something that is very dear to our hearts. And that's the last thing that we want to test and uh, see how the virus is uh, going on uh, is our children. This is the last this mm -hmm. is the last where we where we wish to see our children sick. So uh, I do completely understand that concern. I personally did not struggle with that decision. That decision was very easy for me. I looked at it from a perspective of the risk mitigation. I looked at the numbers of how severe the disease is for children and that disease is not more severe for children than flu. So if I were to think about whether I will send my children to school and kindergarten when, when there is season flu, I should keep them at home every time there is flu because currently flu is more dangerous to children than to, to children, yeah. uh, <laughs> than coronavirus. So that's one factor. How severe that disease is for children. And it looks to be extremely kind with children, like no other disease. Like seriously, chickenpox is, I don't know, chickenpox, flu, pneumonia, uh, asthma, <laughs> you know, yeah. all the diseases that our children are exposed to every day. Uh, in the kindergarten seem to be more severe than this one. So that's one factor that I took under consideration. Second factor is, of course, many people say, yes, it's kind for children, but the children will bring it back home. So the second factor you look at is how is how big of a risk group is your family? So if you are at home and you are a doctor, if you are someone who takes care of uh, elderly, you might be wondering a lot, you know, okay, fine, maybe my children will not get sick, but they can bring the disease back home and then I can further spread it in my work. So that's a big concern for many people. And I can understand that if you're afraid of the disease, if you are having a job that involves taking care of vulnerable people, definitely yes. So I looked at that other factor for myself. We don't live three, four generations in my home. It's just two generations. It's my children and me and my husband. None of us work in an environment where we have a high risk of meeting with anyone that is vulnerable. We are currently still both mainly at home, even though my husband's uh, company is open. There are big restrictions how you can go to work, but he's not going to work because he doesn't need to. There are some people who have a higher need. So basically, if our children bring the disease back home, it's us. That makes me one of the people I believe that should be the ones going out there, finding the courage and seeing how it goes for the entire uh, 
because we don't know, we don't have enough information about the disease. We don't know what will be 100% the best strategy. So I do believe that we are the ones who are in a very good position to actually work through our fears, find the courage and be the ones to go out to be the first ones and check how that will impact. So for me personally, that was not a difficult decision at all. We are five healthy people. Uh, I, of course, hate it when my kids get sick and uh, it's horrible <laughs> to go mm -hmm. through. But I do not feel that coronavirus is any bigger risk to be taken right now than the risk of a regular seasonal flu. Mm -hmm. I uh, believe that your decision is very well thought out. And uh, you actually took a quite a pragmatic approach as well towards it. And I think it's a good decision. Of course, it's your decision, mm -hmm. but I would take exactly the same decision if I'm to be honest. Um, however, I am very much aware that there is a lot of parents out there who are worried and scared. And uh, I know that there is... Um, I don't know how to call it. I guess this is something like a petition that parents can sign. I have received that petition already from a couple of my Facebook friends. Uh, the petition, well, the I would say the translation, Google Translate translation is, my child is not experimental rabbit, COVID-19. And uh, what Google Translate tells me is that we are collecting signatures to show our dissatisfaction with the partial reopening of Denmark. Our kids are not guinea pigs. Help us collect signatures so we can keep our kids at home. We have chosen to do this on the basis of um, Prime Minister Mette F. A press meeting on uh, 6th of April. While the coronavirus is particularly affecting older people, children and teens are lar largely prevented from getting sick. It shows a report that, uh, according to World Health Organization, recently published, which means that children can easily carry the infection but not get sick. We need to react now. So I think uh, today I checked and it was... 17,813 signatures under this uh, petition. And there is also a Facebook group that is called also My Child Will Not Be the Experimental Rabbit for COVID-19. That group has more than 40,000 members on Facebook. I was invited to that group several times already and parents are discussing their, their concerns. They are um, basically showing their opinion or so sharing their stories. Uh, there are parents who are uh, deciding to keep their children home and they are explaining why and people can comment and, and exchange opinions. I think it's good that there is a forum like this where people can exchange opinions because it's quite difficult to exchange opinions when you are locked down. So I think it's good that there is actually an outlet when you can voice your fears. But I have to say that uh, that um, I'm not sure if there is any like a resolution there because there are also people there who are not afraid to send their children out. And uh, and they are, let's say, uh, arguing with the ones who want to keep their children home. Uh, I am also not clear what is the purpose of the petition because it looks like the petition uh, purpose is to revoke the decision of prime minister. So keep the lockdown. Um, and if that is the case, um, I'm not sure what would be the proposed solution by the parents who want still to have the schools and kindergarten closed. And I am getting now even more confused because... At the very beginning, I thought, okay, um, kindergarten and Vogestu and Dauplai, which are like Kresha, those are not obligatory things. You don't have to send your child there, right? If you don't want to, don't send your child. I, I believe that every parent should have a right to make their own decision about their own children. Uh, I thought that the problem is with the schools because this can actually affect the education of your child. Uh, however, let's face it, from zero to five uh, classes, this is not like we are studying for uh, university <laughs> entrance or something. So this is still something that I believe kids can 
catch up with, right? Uh, so I thought that there is some sort of a forcing by the municipalities to send the kids back to school. Like you mentioned, Marta, that maybe they will actually take your uh, um, monetary benefits because here in Denmark we are getting the, the money for the children every quarter and so on, so on. But if that is not the case, then... Um, I truly believe that everyone should uh, make their own decision. And that's pretty much all. What worries me is that I see many posts by parents in that group because I am not a member, but I read it when, you know, a mother is sharing that I prefer to follow my motherly intuition and I prefer to follow my heart and my heart tells me that there is a danger and I don't want to send my kids. And then there are like likes and there are like, yes, you are so brave. And I've seen two or three posts by parents who are saying I'm also following my intuition and I will send my children. And then the comments are a bit different. Yeah, but uh, it's danger. What will you do when your child gets sick? How will you ensure that your child will not uh, infect others? So uh, what I'm worried about is that the motherly intuition is only okay if it is fear based. You know what I mean? That's well, I don't see any difference in that regards when it comes to raising children than mm -hmm. what we already know. I see the same kind of discussions when it comes to whether you will breastfeed or use the bottle. Yeah. I and and, and that shifts, yeah. Mm -hmm. In the past you were a good mom if you were given a bottle. And now at least my impression is that majority more than half, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but that can still be just a subjective impression, is that you are a good mom if you breastfeed. Mm -hmm. So I do not see any difference here. I, I see it the same way as it always comes uh, with motherhood, parenthood. Your decision, if, you're, if you are fear-based, if you're a fear-based parent, if someone is taking another decision than yours, you take it personally because you believe that makes your decision wrong. Mm -hmm. People who are... Uh, fine with their own, you know, worthiness, their own decisions. They don't mind other people taking other decisions. That's what I believe. I mean, as long as there is freedom to take the decision that is good for mm -hmm. you, I do yeah. not see a reason why to even criticize another mother. As long as she's not, I don't know, beating her child Black and blue. Uh, blue is a color, you know, I've mentioned that before. I had a blue child for different <laughs> reasons. <laughs> yes. Sadness. That, that was uh, that, sadness. Yeah, that was sadness. I don't see why to criticize. I have been uh, talking to a few mothers that take a different decision than my own. Mm -hmm. I am full of compassion. They are, for example, Italian moms or Spanish moms who mm -hmm. are getting a lot of information from their own countries where the situation is really bad. Mm -hmm. They are scared. I have talked to moms who have very small babies, one-year-old, mm -hmm. two-year-old, who cannot take any concern when it comes to any social distancing or anything like that. I understand that fully. Mm -hmm. I have talked to moms who said, you know what? I got to enjoy having my children at home. I am bonding with my children. I believe that right now the pedagogues will be stressed at the beginning if they get too many mm -hmm. kids. I have the beautiful opportunity to keep my kids at home and I'm going to keep them. And that's one of the friends that sent me an email or showed an email on her Facebook page from the school saying that's perfectly fine to leave mm -hmm. your kid at home, even though it's school. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I have noticed is that the division right now, because that was not the case at the very beginning when it was announced, a lot of people were divided at that point. But to me, it seems that right now the division is mainly when it comes to kindergarten children, those small kiddos who really don't know how to keep the distance, how to wash their hands properly and so on. Mm -hmm. At least in my child's school, uh, all the kids are back in his class. So it does not seem to be a big mm -hmm. concern for the actual uh, bigger kids, the the school kids. Mm -hmm. The school has been amazing taking mm -hmm. the measures that, you know, to the highest level they can, organizing the school in such a great way, really. So quickly, they use the time over Easter to divide the school uh, so that children, you know, they are divided in groups of three, 
with whom they are playing all the time together. The classes are divided uh, because only half of the school is back. The other half is studying from home, the older kids, the oldest kids. So the kids are divided into classrooms. They are really sitting two meters away. They are spending vast majority of time outside. I, I believe that really uh, from my point of view, from my gut feeling, I believe that kids are safer there, being so much outside and playing, you know, being happy because my kids are happy like piglets that they can be yeah. back with their friends, are healthier in mm -hmm. general. The general health, well-being, the mental and physical well-being from playing outside in the nice sunny spring weather in Denmark mm -hmm. and mentally happy <laughs> to be with their friends than when they are sitting at home depressed and not being able to go out. That's my view. But I have absolutely deepest respect for another take from any other mom. Yeah, I, I have to say, guys, I'm, a, I'm probably a bit of a, and <laughs> I will use this word and it will be probably misunderstood. I'm probably a bit of anarchist in a sense that I actually am not a big fan of big government decisions being done and influencing everyone. So I had my own opinions about the strategy that government took with the lockdown, but I had to uh, obey. Although um, from the ideological point of view, I believe that we should be able to exercise our own free will. I am now claiming exactly the same. If you want to leave your child home, I would love this not to be a problem. I believe it's every parent's individual decision. I might not agree with you. I might change, meaning I might have sent my children to school with no problem, but I would never impose my opinion on other parents who doesn't feel that this is, uh, this is not okay with them. So I believe everyone should have a right to choose. Mm. Uh, so I'm coming back to actually, that that's my ideology and it's... Um, it's, uh, I, I understand the parents who are afraid. And I don't believe that children should be forced to go anywhere because parents uh, should be able to make those decisions. So that's my opinion. Dennis, what do you think? Before we will jump to Artist of the Week, because we have one, guys, today. Okay, it, it's a very, very large question. But I, I, I do agree with Marta. You have to make an informed decision. And to make an informed decision, you have to jump to number, what was it, three? The vaccines that what's what's the real alternative mm -hmm. to actually opening up society slowly mm -hmm. there is none because we don't have a vaccine and we don't have a cure so the best we can hope for right now as far as i understand is developing some sort of herd immunity mm -hmm. and we can only do that by letting those least affected get the disease and then slowly develop this immunity and Science says that it's the smallest children who has the least effect by this disease. So what is the real alternative? Uh, free will and everything, that, that, that's all good and well. But sadly, you, you can never trust an entire population to be informed enough to make rational decisions. And, and what is intuition if it's not based on actual knowledge? It's, it's worthless. And I'm not, I'm not going to say that because becoming a mom doesn't make you smart. It just makes you a mom. Yeah, some, some could argue the uh, so, opposite, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and they'd be wrong because you don't, you don't gain any knowledge about science and infections and vaccines and immunity by becoming a mom. You gain a lot of wisdom, but you don't get gain scientific knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I will be strung up somewhere for saying that but that's just the case so free will extends as far as it encroaches on other people's so making it uh, up to everybody it just doesn't work on a national or international scale well that g does go uh, out to the vaccination uh, topic largely mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we can we will have a lot of fun <laughs> in the part two of this program yeah. but i i think uh, marta thank you very much for this because i think it was very uh very informative but also full of compassion and respect message that you have sent to people to parents 
to Dennis. So I think it's uh, it's it's really valuable that you shared this, and I hope that we will all be able to respect our decisions where we are not forced to send our children, the ones that want to keep them home, please do so. If you find joy in it, that's even better because, you know, with small children, it might be that it's actually, oh my God, I, I can stay with my child home, right? Um, if you feel that it's safe or uh, it's a better solution to send your child, please do so. And don't uh, get affected by parents who are saying that you are a suicidal person who is using your child as an experimental rabbit. Don't listen to that. Just, just, just do as 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 you as you do, because there is, so far as I know, no requirement to send your child by force. You can decide. Please do so and respect our other parents' decisions. Mm-hmm. And I do think there is a strong disconnect between the word uh, guinea pigs or experimental and then the knowledge of how vaccines and herd immunity works. There's a, a complete disconnect between mm-hmm. those two terms. And the the gap just lacks sense. The gap is getting wider and wider, I'm afraid, Dennis. I'm afraid so. Yeah, but let's jump to our artist of the week. Let's go with the jingle and I will make a magic phone call. Superman Music brings to you Artist of the Week So guys, I am dialing Sabrina, our today's Artist of the Week and I hear Hi, Sabrina. How are you? This is Anna from You've Got Five Options. Oh, hey. Uh, I'm really well. I was waiting for uh, for the for the interview. <laughs> yes, and here we are. We are not on air, but you will be on air uh, in around an hour, I believe. Right, Marta? Yes. Yes, Marta is my co-host here. Sabrina, thank you very much. You are a very special artist that we are having because you are our very first artist after the lockdown of the station. So first of all, congratulations. Um, And second of all, please tell us a little bit about about your music and what are you doing? Because we we got your uh, info and your song from Dave from Supermoon Music. Um, But maybe the best way would be for you to present yourself. So tell us what are you playing? What uh, what is your music and why are you doing this in the first place? So uh, my name is Sabrina and I'm originally from uh, Romania, from Transylvania. And right now I live in Denmark. Yeah. (laughs) Land of Dracula. Of course. And uh, right now I'm living in Denmark where Mm -hmm. I'm a professional singer and guitarist. And recently I started making my own music. Um, generally, I compose uh, alternative music, indie and electronic, and um, I try to create like a special genre, like my own. And uh, I chose this song, Stuck, to be on uh, radio because I, it's a very special song for me. I composed it when uh, I went through some tough times, and it really helps me a lot. That's my way of coping with things. I compose music. And I hope that this song can actually help uh, other people as well that go through hard times. Well, you might have an audience here, Sabrina, because I believe that uh, a lot of people currently are going through hard (laughs) times and a lot of people are actually stuck. Uh, I know that probably, no, you didn't plan that because you have actually said the song before (laughs) the lockdown. But um, before we will listen to your song, I would also like to ask you, uh, how are you doing during the lockdown? You know, if you are a professional musician, that must be a little bit tough. Yeah, um, I cope quite well. Like, I'm super surprised because I thought it's going to be a bit harder. Um, it's true, it's a bit tough for the musicians at this time because mm-hmm. basically our income comes from gigging most of the time, you know, going out for gigs and stuff. But um, this can also be a great chance for musicians to actually work on more on their music and on development and, you know, planning. Mm-hmm. And... Surprisingly, it's great that many musicians are so creative and uh, they came up with uh, live gigging, you know, on Facebook and 
even I have friends that uh, just gig from their from their balcony. You know, they just go up and play guitar, have a mobile payphone number there. So, okay, <laughs> there are some um, yeah, really creative people that still find their way out. So that yeah. is great, but. We're all looking forward to this lockdown to end. To end, okay. Uh, please tell us, Sabrina, how can we support you personally if we would like to? And we would like to. It's not like we wouldn't like to. We actually would like <laughs> to support you. Besides, of course, playing your song on the radio, what can people do to support you and musicians these days? I think the best way to support musicians in these days is stay at home and wash our hands, you know, because... Um, the fastest this lockdown is going to end, the faster we can actually start gigging again and start uh, earning more money. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. So, uh, but can we do something? Do you have some music coming out or are you organizing an online uh, online concerts of any kind? Uh, I'm actually planning to organize a, a live, uh, live concert soon. And mm-hmm. I just got my songs now on Spotify. And it would be great. It would be great if people would actually check them out. So okay. <laughs> I won't mind. So we will uh, put all the links to your websites, uh, to your Facebook page and to your Spotify in show notes of this episode when it will come out as a podcast. So then people can uh, go in and check when it's Sabrina's concert and how to find your music and you. Okay, super. Thank you very much, Sabrina. And now we will play your song. So get ready and stay safe. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye. That was Sabrina with a song Stuck. If you are interested in Sabrina, probably not for dating purposes, but in her music, then definitely visit our show notes of this episode on the5options.com, 5 as a number, on Tuesday. And you will be able to track her down, not her as a person, but her music. Why am I sounding so creepy? 
Because it's Corona times and yeah. the world is creepy. The world is creepy, <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you very much, Sabrina, one more time for the interview and the music. And we are coming back to the second challenge of today. I think we will just skip the jingle, Dennis, although I like that your fingers were very fast. They're like, yeah. And the second challenge is, although I think the first one was really interesting to discuss, but the second was how to protest when you cannot assemble or gather. And here we would like to definitely address those situations where in certain countries governments might be using the lockdown and the fact that their citizens are immobilized at homes to maybe push some of the laws that usually would gain a controversial response and would be opposed to. Because there are, I think, two things that we have to think about if we talk about protests. There are people who are definitely not happy with this entire situation and are actually against the lockdown and the limitation of the freedom itself. That's one group that would definitely protest only for that. And there are also people who are noticing in certain countries that the government is doing something that nor in normal times wouldn't fly. And how can they voice their opinions when they cannot assemble or gather? I know. Well, th this is a very difficult topic. Very difficult. And I do admit that uh, it concerned me personally a lot when I found out about the general lockdown of 3 billion people. I, uh, coming from a you know country with a communistic past, uh, with people being killed for protesting, with people being put in prison for having a different opinion than uh, the opinion, than the official opinion of the country, it really pressed some deep, you yes. know, fears in me that mm -hmm. we are now putting a world on a lockdown because I could feel that there are people who are going to use it for bad purposes. I don't know how to call it because I don't like to put things in good and bad or right and wrong. And we see that happening in uh, my beloved home country. That happens to be also my beloved country as well. Yeah. So one thing is people who feel they, they lost their freedom to do whatever mm -hmm. they would like to do. Yeah. They cannot earn money. They cannot uh, put, uh, you know, food on the table into their families and so on. And they want to, like you said, protest against the lockdown itself. And they cannot do it freely right now. That's difficult already. Mm -hmm. But these things like trying to enforce a law forbidding entirely abortion in Poland, that's close to scandalous for me, even though I rarely get something as scandalous, uh, to be honest. Mm -hmm. In Poland, abortion is only allowed in very few restricted cases, things like rape, things like threat to mother's life and terminal disease of a baby. So mm -hmm. it's already very restricted. And right now the government is trying to pass a law which will forbid it completely, which means that you will be forced by law to carry a pregnancy, even if it is a life threat to you. And you already have, I don't know, four or five children at home who mm -hmm. will then be at a high risk of losing a mother. Mm -hmm. uh, I find it very difficult. I find it very, very difficult. And that law, the government in Poland has been trying to pass over the last few years. Every time it's brought up, uh, millions of people go out on streets in Poland in a strong protest because it's a cruel law. Mm -hmm. It's a Okay, I'm not going to get <laughs> emotional. I'm not going to get emotional. Yeah. Uh, it's rarely that I believe these kind of things. But I do believe, although I, I must say this, I personally am not pro-abortion. I cannot mm -hmm. say I'm pro-abortion or against abortion. Yeah. I am pro-free will choice in this kind of matters. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, how do we protest then? So in Poland, people started to protest online. There are some filters on Facebook where you uh, can put uh, as a few different filters. Unfortunately, and this I have found out today, the filters are also having the face mask, which uh, and then they have a commentary in Polish. So some of my friends 
from other countries than Poland, they now think that I am pro wearing masks. Mm-hmm. So that I am protesting something around, you know, staying at home, wearing a mask uh, and so on. So maybe not entirely working in mm-hmm. this way, mm-hmm. because that's not the case. That's not the reason why mm-hmm. I am having that filter. And uh, yeah, that's maybe something that uh, that can be taken under consideration. But one way of going protesting is online. Mm-hmm. And uh, another way I've read about it that's quite interesting uh, in US people there are many people in many different states protesting against the lockdown and they have been gathering in protests inside their cars yes which is an interesting solution if you want to protest mm-hmm. ag- against something some people started to leave their cars and started to gather in front of capital without res- respecting the law of mm-hmm. social distancing but then again if you are not seeing the point of social distancing if you yourself are believing that mm-hmm. it makes no sense then of course you are then more prone to not to be keeping that social distance yourself yes. so yeah and uh, my personal way is writing about it mm-hmm. writing about it talking to people about it mm-hmm. i've read that many activists are using the phones talking to each other on the phones, organizing Zoom calls Mm -hmm. and so on. So it's difficult times Mm -hmm. for people who believe that some bad things or wrong things are happening in the world. It's difficult to protest. Our free right to peaceful protest is not being easy to be executed right now. Yes, and unfortunately, we are having a, a coincidence that uh, some people believe is not a coincidence because 2019 was a year when there were massive protests in many, many countries. Uh, very close to my heart, Chile, because my younger daughter is half Chilean, there were millions of people on the street protesting against the government. Now, of course, they cannot do it. There was the same protest in Hong Kong, in Barcelona, the Yellow Vest in France. There was a lot of movement that was not connected with the virus at all. And people were trying to uh, abolish or negotiate different uh, different conditions because they didn't believe in the righteous um, motives of their governments. And now all of this is banned because of the virus. So um, many people have an impression that this situation is being used by the governments to silence the voices Uh, that are protesting against the problems that did not disappear because of the virus. Those problems are still there, but now you cannot voice your protest. Another thing is that there is actually quite a number of protests all over the world. It's just that you cannot really find many information about it because um, we do have a problem with Google algorithm and indexing the pages right now. Uh, It's difficult to find alternative informations I don't believe it's a secret because those are official announcements. But the places I, yesterday, no, today I found that there are protests in Ohio and Michigan in the United States, in Pakistan, in India, Mumbai, South Africa, Nigeria and Germany. And those are protests only regarding the lockdown and uh, taking the liberty of, of people, uh, liberty yeah, for people to, to actually voice their opinions. Um, those people, as you mentioned, they don't care about social distancing. They just simply are saying, okay, this is bull. The other people, I also noticed, Marta, what you have said. I know that th- there were some women in Poland that in the middle of the night went down and prepared the posters, especially protesting this uh, abortion uh, law. And they were gluing those posters on the normal uh, ads windows like on the bus stops and stuff so there were huge posters and it was you know in the middle of the night running away from police because police in Poland is very very um, eager to give you a fine if you are uh, doing something against the lockdown law and uh, apparently uh, some parts of Warsaw were just simply you know covered in posters with protests against this law so that's also an idea but if you think that people are not protesting then um, then you are um, misinformed there are protests and I think it's a boiling pot the pot that can explode uh, but let's try to figure out how can we voice our opinions uh, in these difficult times when we cannot gather and we cannot assemble, and we can do it in other ways. It's a time for creativity to uh, to take over, I guess. 
luckily we are humans and we can be creative. Yes, I guess so. I believe that this is the almost the end of our very first part of five challenges that fellow humans are facing right now when they are during the lockdown. Maybe we'll come back to the challenge number two in the second episode. Maybe we will not because, as you know, we always have a lot of things to say about many things. And that was a very stupid sentence I have just voiced. Many things about many things. Dennis, I made you laugh. That's awesome. Marta, so what? Are we ready for part two soon? Definitely. Definitely, guys. Thank you very much for today. You will be able to hear the part two next week on Friday at two o'clock on the radio. And like always on our website, thefiveoptions.com. Bye bye. That's all, folks. Bye. Life challenge. Or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website, thefiveoptions.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks. <laughs>